This is Solve It for Kids. Hello, my amazing and curious friends. My name is Jennifer, the Dean of all things STEM and STEAM, and this is Solve It for Kids, the podcast that gives kids and families a peek inside the real world of scientists, engineers, and experts as they solve problems in their jobs using creativity, cooperation, and critical thinking. And now please welcome to the show my podcast partner, Galactic Space Geek, Jeff Ganya. Hello, Jennifer, and hello, listeners. No, you can't hear sound in space, <laughs> but I'd be willing to bet a lot of the sounds that you do hear, you're not paying attention to, and we're going to talk about that today. Oh, this is a pretty intriguing episode, I have to agree. So what problem are we solving today? How do you create sound for a movie? How do you create sound for a movie? You know, I've always wondered that. I always thought this was really cool. So I'm excited to hear from our guest. Who is our guest today, Jeff? Our guest today, we have the right person to be talking to, is Bob Pepic. He is sound designer and owner of Melancholy Productions. Welcome to the show, Bob. Nice to meet you. Thank you so much. We are thrilled to have you. This is going to be such a fun episode. And we're going to talk about sound for a movie. So I, I have to ask. Were you one of those kids that loved going to the movies? Oh, absolutely. I mean, between <laughs> nice. cartoons, movies, you named it. I was three inches from the TV when I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you have any favorites that oh, you can yeah. remember from being young that really snapped and caught your interest? I always grew up a Star Wars nerd. I mean, yes. You are with fellow yeah fans. Oh yeah, and to this day, I'm still a Star Wars nerd. I can't, you know, I can't negate that. Wonderful. And they did some pretty amazing sound for Star Wars back then, didn't they? That was brand new. They sure did. I mean, that was one of the things that actually drew me into it. Yeah, basically, one of the main sound designers for Star Wars, Ben Burt, he came up with all these cool, unique sounds. Yes, the way he came up with them was just insane it was just so surreal how he came up with these these noises that didn't exist in real world you know you, obviously you couldn't go up and mic up a, a spaceship flying in space yourself. <laughs> <laughs> or make r2d2 sounds right like all of exactly. that was yeah that was so cool and there are so many different sounds in star wars now that one's kind of i almost want to say I, i'm completely with you on the star wars sound effects but that one I feel like is kind of cheating as an answer. That one's a little bit too easy. <laughs> is, was there a different movie when you were younger <laughs> that maybe not the rest of us sort of caught on that caught your ear that maybe even surprised you back when you were younger? Honestly, like a lot of, I know it's staying in the, not to say the same genre, but I mean, like the Lucas stuff it would be like Indiana Jones. Oh, lot, yeah. Oh, okay. Just it was unique. The punches, the whip snaps, everything like that was just, right. I'm not going to venture as far to say cartoony, but the, yes. not like the Batman pow, bam, <laughs> yeah. like that. but you know what I mean? The punches were, they would snap, you know, there would be a right. lot of, that was unique for me. 
So how did you get into sound engineering? Like as a kid, how do you just say, hey, that's what I want to do? Well, believe it or not, I actually, it wasn't the first thought that went through my head to be, because it was really one of those things where I, not to say I didn't know it existed, but it was really right. one of those, I didn't know how somebody would go about doing something like this. Right. Yeah. Right. So basically, I, I always grew up, I, I played guitar since I was 10 years old. Oh, okay. And oh, wow. um, I wanted to get into the audio engineering field, but I knew I didn't really want to be a music producer. It was really one of those things where I spent a lot of time in recording studios. Right. So for me, it was really one of, I would look over my producer's shoulder and see how he would do things and pick things up here and there. Okay. Uh, and then I went to school for audio engineering. Well, I, I went to Berkeley College of Music in Boston. Okay. For, for film scoring to write music for film and TV. Oh, wow. And it wasn't until I got into the industry that I absolutely hated it. So. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, no. Okay. <laughs> it gave me the, the knowledge and the toolkit that I needed to do the audio engineering end of things to venture into sound design. Basically, ah. I guess I got a little burnt out because, you know, when you get into an industry doing something, you're doing things for free or little to no money. Oh, yes. Or... I write kids books. <laughs> I know this very well. <laughs> As a creative, it, it's it's a burn spot. You know what I mean? It's really one of those it, it, yes. it, it kind of it hurts things. So when I first got into it with film scoring, it was really one of those things where you're doing like student films and stuff like that. And these people may not, these students may not know exactly what they're looking for. They're a film student. They're not an audio person. Right. So you, you know, they would ask you, Hey, can you write me something upbeat? Okay. So you, I score out this, you know, this orchestral piece that, you know, full ensemble. Yes. And I, I would get a response. I put, you know, tens of twenties of hours into it. And I would get like a, eh, it sounds okay. Can we do something else? Oh, 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 you you do know um, the book industry. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of a letdown. So it'd be one yeah. of those, like, you know, obviously if you sound design something and your creative tells you, hey, I don't like that gunshot sound. It's one of the oh yeah, cool. Okay, I can swap that out. That takes two seconds. Yes. Gotcha. It was a lot more gratifying for me, and it, I could be a lot more creative with things. And I love the fact that with animation, I think I've pretty much made my mark in the animation field, if you will. Okay, uh, fun. I do, I That's do cool. Some, I do some sound design work with feature length films or live action films, I should say. I'm actually sound designing a film with like Ice T and Mickey Rourke and stuff oh, like that. Oh, wow. Called Three Days Rising. And it's kind of a thriller and it's not really meant for kids, but. Uh, <laughs> But the thing that I love about sound designing for animation is you need to recreate your entire environment. There's oh, nothing. Yeah. When you're recording a, a live action film, you have birds chirping in the background. You have right. planes flying by. You have right. cars. So your palette is already there. You know what I mean? You have a base yes. for things that you can That makes out. sense. Yep. Yeah. So that's part of your production audio. In post-production, you know, it's one of those, when you're working with animation, it's a clean slate. You need to recreate that entire environment. Oh, wow. Right. So, but the trick is, is you need to sell it to your listener to make sure that it sounds realistic. It's not something that's artificially created. You know, you want them to believe that this animation really does have birds in the background and, you know. Sure. Wow. I I never thought of it that way. But yeah, I mean, so you start with no sound. Yep. Right. And you have to fill it all in. Oh, my gosh. Sell the illusion. And one of the greatest, I'm not going to call it a quote because, I mean, honestly, I don't know who said it, but I mean, I thought it was so brilliant. 
that, you know, a good designer, you know, someone's going to tell you that, wow, this, this sounds, you know, incredible. This, this was amazing, you know, an, an amazing sound design you would never even know existed. You know what I mean? It's really one of those. Oh things. yeah. Okay. You don't even realize that it's been created. It just sounds natural. It just sounds like it's, it was just mic'd up and that's what's there. Wow. Uh, okay. And the thing that I enjoy about it is there was a Polish composer, Krzysztof Penderecki, and he was known for his big composition. It was, I think, I believe it was in the 40s, called Threnody for the Victims of Hiroshima. Okay. And he had this concept that kind of like blew my mind, that when you think about if you were looking at like a pot of boiling water. Right. Yeah. Your brain perceives that as one instance. You see all these bubbles that are popping up, but your brain can't really focus on each and every bubble that's popping. Right. So sure. Your brain perceives that as one instance. And I look at sound design the same way when it comes oh, down to wow. yeah, everything that you hear around you when you step outside is one big instance. You know, you're not focusing right. on unless you train your brain to focus on, you know, there's a jetliner flying over my head. There's a car that's driving by behind me. I hear birds in the trees. I hear, you know, this going on. Wow. You know, like I hear a car starting. I hear right. a off in the distance. Your brain analyzes that as one big instance. And, you know, the more and more I thought about it like that or sound design in that perspective, you know, it really opened up my mind to how creative you can actually be with audio for film and TV. Okay. That's amazing. You totally just changed my evening TV yes, watching tonight. Mine too. <laughs> like, mine I too. might as well watch with my eyes closed because my ears are going to be like, I heard that. I heard a door shut. I heard everything. <laughs> me you too. Be Bob would be proud of me. You'd be amazed with how much you can actually pick up on when you do something. And you're 100% correct. When you close your eyes and you listen wow. to a movie, because, you know, it's really one of those things where there's so much hidden in it like there's so many hard right. sound effects and i say hard sound effects they're door closing and stuff like that sure that, you know obviously when they're micing things up on set the, the sound guy is walking around with a microphone going over to the door mic and, you know, <laughs> right. so when he's micing up the vocals or the you know dialogue on, on an actor you know that door you know may be way over here when it shuts so they don't want to go back and record that they'll sound design it in and it becomes, okay. more, it, you know, you really start to think how much is actually, you know, I mean, that would be very time consuming to go and record every sound that, you know, that to happened in a scene. Right. Wow. So to sell that, you have sound design. So <laughs> nice. A lot of work. That's very cool. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So we kind of jumped into the industry. What was your first gig in the sound design industry? My first gig was I worked on an NBC kids show on Sprout Network and NBC. It was called Astro Blast. And okay. it, oh. was, it was a preschool show about a bunch of animals that ran like a smoothie stand in space. <laughs> okay. I love that. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing as like, and this is like my big inspiration story that I kind of tell people when they ask me these kind of things. Because for me, I always tell people like, don't stop until you are happy in your working environment. I love what I do. Yeah. And I busted my bum to get where I am. I took internships. I did everything I learned. I was up late nights watching tutorial videos. 
Right. I was fantastic. I was working a job that I was so miserable at. I was so unbelievably miserable. And I sent out an, a resume to this job that I landed, my first industry gig. And I hit it off with the interviewer. We knew a lot of the same people. Okay. And I waited wow. two weeks and didn't hear anything. So I reached back out and they had said, oh, sorry, we went with somebody else that had a little uh, bit of experience. So that hurt so much because yeah. I, like I was you know, back at the drawing board and I was back at, right. you know, sure. with, I was still stuck with this horrible job. It was about three months later, that company had another show come up that they, which was Astro Blast, which needed a dialogue editor. And they called me up and they didn't say, hey, we want you to come in for an interview. They said, hey, can you start next week? And oh, yay, nice. That's awesome. I, I would never, ever tell somebody to not put in a two week notice or not, you know, yeah. my boss and told him, hey, you know, this is my two week notice, but it's literally a day notice because <laughs> I'm taking the week for myself. And it was such a relief. There's so much stress off my chest. Yeah. Right. And that's where I started as just a dialogue editor. I would just chop up the recorded dialogue from the voice actors and I would piece it together to make it flow and make it sound right. conversational. Wow. And then when the sound designer went on vacation, I would fill in for him. And it was inputting sound, like using all sorts of a vast array of sound, Hanna-Barbera sounds and everything like that. Oh my okay. gosh. To sell the realism of the sound effects for the show. So that's how I got my foot in the door with sound design. That's fantastic. I love it. So when you're doing animation, so, okay, it's one thing when you have people talking and, and backgrounds, but when you, you're doing an animation and it's blank, like, how do you know what to put in is, you know, are you looking at like the storyline and all this kind of stuff? And then you choose the sound? For the most part. Yeah. I mean, unless the wow. has some creative, you know, direction on how they want to proceed. You know, you have to look at your shot. Like you say, I mean, if, you, if it is an animation and say you have a desert scene, you okay. know, you have to open up your brain to think, what am I going to hear in a desert? And so, you know, you may hear coyotes, you may hear rattlesnakes, you may hear a lot of wind. You'll hear yeah. more of like crows cause instead of like, you won't, you won't hear like a robin or a bluebird, you know, right. Right. Crow. And when you think about it, someone like me who lives on the Eastern seaboard, I live in Connecticut. I live, you know, an hour away from water, from the ocean. I don't, <laughs> yes. I don't have a desert I can go out to. <laughs> right. So, you know, I have to use my, you know, creative thought to figure out what is this going to sound like? What am I going to? So you either use inspiration where you actually wow. watch a desert scene of a movie if you really don't know, you know, or it could be as creative as, I'm, you know, I hate to say, what am I going to hear in space? Obviously, you're not going to hear anything. But that's where, <laughs> that's where the creativity opens up and. What would this right. sound like? If it's wow. really big, could it be big and clunky? Could you hear creaking metal? Could you hear gears going? The hum wow. engine. So, you know, it really opens up your ability to think outside the box. And especially so, when you start to get down to the nitty gritty, when there's people walking around and you have to do, you have to think of cloth movement, like jeans walking. Oh back. my goodness. Oh my, wow. There's so much involved. And 
if you don't stop yourself ahead of time, you'll get a little too in-depth with it. And then you realize, <laughs> crap, I have a deadline in eight hours. Um, so, and I'm only four minutes into the movie. Exactly. So you have to know when to stop yourself and pull yourself, reel yourself back in a little bit, but you can get really creative with it. And it's a lot of fun. And, you know, obviously you don't want some big spaceship to sound like this little tinkering little, you know, watch gears and stuff. Right. <laughs> My husband had a car one time. It was like a big, I can't remember, Lexus, one of those like SUVs. And it's this kind of big car. And it had this little tiny horn. And (laughs) I mean, seriously, you look at this thing and go, why? This does not match this car. Well, sometimes you designed that sound. (laughs) Sometimes you have to fake it. I I, I say that the one example I have is I worked on a short film, a live action short film. And it was about this father who had dementia and the families struggled to getting him to understand, to kind of, let's say, reel him back in. And there's one scene where the father wakes up early and he gets in the family car and starts to drive away and the family panics. And But the family doesn't realize it until he starts the car. They hear the car start outside. Oh. But the funny thing is, is the car... It was a Prius or something, so it really doesn't have. <laughs> it doesn't loud. have that start sound. It yes. have that, like you know, you don't hear the engine. You know, right? It's really just like a. So we had a different engine sound, and you know, obviously, if you pay attention to it, you're going to be like, "Hey, then no." So I had to bring that to the you know the director's attention, and he's like, "Whatever, just you know." I'm like, well, I'm not going to make it sound like a Mack truck, but at the same time, <laughs> now, that I can't been funny. let it sound like a Prius. <laughs> so again, yeah, sometimes you have to, you know, fake it a little bit to squeak by, but you know, most of the time people are none the wiser. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that kind of leads me into a question I didn't know I was going to want to ask you, but that makes me want to ask, is it harder to sound design real sounds oh. like a car starting or a door closing to match it with reality or is it harder to create something from scratch good question honestly i'd say it's harder to actually create something in live action only because you need to match the environment so a lot of the Ah. difference that you get which i mean you still run into this with animation but you have to sell the fact that this is a real sound not something fake or, I mean, because it's easy for you to believe like, oh, okay, that's a spaceship sound. That's not a like. So right, right, right. <laughs> that is the not a tractor in the sound. from Batman, yes. <laughs> if, and, and I guess the best way to really describe this would be, have you seen the series The Mandalorian or anything like that? Yes. Uh, yes. So yes. you've seen the CG Luke Skywalker. And yes. With also the CG Leia and everything like that. So the human brain can't conceive something that's just, too real they know that that is not a real face they know that no matter Mm. how close to real it is your brain tells you that that no that's not real that is not it can be so close to perfect but your brain will tell you that is not real and it's the same thing sound design when you think about it if you had a metal door you know this the creaking of a metal door that was shutting and whatnot you hear the latch and everything and you see a wood door and you see a clanky, you know, an old antique wood door, it's going to take you out of it. It's going to take the immersion out of it. So you need to yes. make sure that viewer is immersed. Okay. In it. And even with reflections, when you have 
footsteps and stuff like that if you're walking through a cave or something like that right you have to have that echo yes you know what I mean so yeah a lot of the times when you have footstep sounds effects and stuff like that they don't come with you know echo you need to use certain reverbs and certain plugins that actually what's called a convolution reverb which is going to mimic an actual echo in a theater in a cave in a if you're in a bathroom or anything like that they have what are called impulse responses which are created to mimic those environments if you will so again when you're trying to sell the realism yeah it's very easy to once you pull a a viewer out of the immersion you walk because right it takes their attention off the story and that's what you really don't want that viewer to do you know you want them focusing on the dialogue and everything else the sounds are just there they're right don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to downplay my. my oh, know. no. I, hope I, I don't mean... get fired for my, my <laughs> <laughs> sound effects. It, nothing. <laughs> but if you lose the realism and if you lose that immersion, you've lost your viewer because yes. now you totally much. understand that. that doesn't yeah. Sound right. Why did that? Why did that car fart? Or, or make <laughs> where did that come from? Well, yeah, because you're probably trying to figure out where that sound. So now I want to know. Where do you get all of these sounds? Well, there's many, many companies that have either sound production libraries, uh, sound effect libraries. There's some that are subscription based, some that are you you just pay like a lifetime license fee for the library itself. Okay. You either go that route or you do what's called Foley. And Foley is recording. There are Foley artists out there, which are people that will record in a room. Uh that is full it just looks like every hoarder's dream that is just filled with junk it has <laughs> hanging on the wall it has like a different like a gravel pit so they, they would oh okay and walk in in sand walk on tile with high heel it'll be a guy walking in high heels right <laughs> you know, yeah make I mean... these sounds so you can make them yourself personally i don't have the I, i'm in a you know a commercial space here you know, there's a therapist right on the other side of the wall with me. So um, <laughs> if I was in here slamming car doors and stuff, I'd probably get evicted and kicked out. But, um, <laughs> so instead, I utilize, I have just an endless supply of sound effects. And I subscribe to these other services where they'll have just hundreds of thousands of sound effects that you can one-off that, wow. hey, if I don't have a seagull sound, I'll look and see if they have something and sometimes you either pay per sound effect, so it'll cost you like five bucks a sound. I need it for this set. So yeah, I mean, I over the years I've acquired just so many sound effects. But again, you need things to sound exactly as they are. You can't right. have a Prius drive by and, and put in a Corvette sound. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, you probably get by I... with a Chevy Aveo or a, you know a Ford Fiesta or something, but you can't put a muscle car in there as a, you know what I mean? So you need things to sound as authentic as possible. Even if you need that civil war musket gunfire, you know, go looking for it because right. it's going to take the viewer out of the immersion if you have the wrong sound. Wow. Right. Okay. So I don't want us to run out of time before I get a chance to ask this. So I got to bring you back to the start. When you were a kid, you loved the star Wars movies and you love the sound effects and the sounds that were in it. Please, please tell me you can give us 
a story or some information about one of the coolest sounds in Star Wars, the TIE Fighters. I sure can. Now, the TIE Fighters. Oh. Yes. The TIE Fighter was one of the most iconic sounds you'll ever hear in, yes. in Star yes. Wars history. Ben Burt still is one of the best sound designers to ever grace the world, to walk the world. So he had basically his inspiration that he went by was the old World War II super dive bombers. So the big dive bombers would have these superficial air vents that were in them that they really didn't have a purpose. They didn't have a function. Right. When the dive bombers would dive, they would create this wailing siren sound. And it would terrify all the people because they knew that a dive bomber was coming. And oh, wow. So they wanted to use that as an inspiration to basically, they wanted to instill fear in the listener. They wanted to understand that something bad was coming when the TIE fighter was approaching. Right. So with them having the 20th Century Fox back catalog, when they had their different films that they had worked on, then right. had access to these sounds. So there was a film called Roots of Heaven. And okay. it was a, like a nature film and stuff. So he ended up taking the elephant roars, or to say the screaming elephants, if you will. Right. And slowed down the trumpeting of the elephant. So he slowed that down. And that's how you huh. ended up getting the scream sound from the TIE fighter. Oh, my gosh. But, but it wasn't like complete for Ben. Like he needed something else. So he went out and he mic'd up cars driving by on like wet pavement. So it had kind of like that hissing crackly kind of sound okay layered the two together and boom and he didn't really care for it when he first put them together (laughs) and when everybody at lucas when they listened to it they fell in love with it and that became the iconic sound that he came up with uh, the tie fighters that's no kidding i I mean yeah thank you for sharing that that is completely iconic so i do have one last question How long does it take you to do this? Because I'm thinking there's thousands of different sounds. I mean, I can Listeners, I wish you could just see the look on Bob's face when Jen asked him that. Oh, my goodness. If you ask my wife, it takes way too long. Well, there you go. But it really depends on what you're sound designing. Because when you think about it, if you're sound designing a romantic comedy, then you're just getting, you know, it's a lot of talking heads and ambient some birds chirping in the background maybe the creaking of a chair or something like that but when you start getting a sci-fi action film or uh, you know something with a chase scene it can take a long time and it really depends on again whether or not if you're sound designing a commercial something for paypal or something like that right right you know or if you're doing a a short film or a feature length it can take you hours. It can take you a weekend. It can take you months. Wow. Okay. There's a lot involved in it. Well, Man. I mean, I, I could see myself getting lost in this. Do I like this one or this one? This one or this one? <laughs> <laughs> decide. I can't decide. <laughs> you know what's fun, too, is also trying to listen to something and trying to figure out what is that? And like, I mean, obviously, you knew the time part oh. the real sound. But listening to it and trying to ask yourself, what is making that sound? Like I can identify it's something that I know, you know, and if you listen to it, you'll, I mean, if you listen to a TIE fighter, you'll realize, wow, that is an elephant sound. That's so, I mean, I don't have time to go into the many, many layers they did for the Jurassic Park's T-Rex roar. 
But, oh, uh, wow. That, we might have to have you back because that would be another set of questions oh, I've got yeah. as a huge Jurassic Park fan. But well, I to ruin, think to ruin one awkward thing for you, one of the okay. sounds they used was actually turtles mating. So, well, all right, <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch the movie first, see if I can figure it out <laughs> before I go find out which one. But I will say, I love all of our guests, but I will say, I do think you have just changed watching for people. Yes. You have opened my eyes to sound. Your ears, Jeff, your ears. <laughs> oh, did I say my eyes? You have just opened my eyes to sound. And I think it is going to be a very different experience from now on. Yeah, I think it's going to be so fun. Okay, well, now I'm really excited. We're at the end of the show. and not, I'm not excited for that because it's been fun chatting with you. But I want to know what your challenge is this for is our listeners. Good. Oh, this is going to be fun. So... What I challenge you to do is to take two minutes, two minutes and sit in your environment, sit wherever you are in your bedroom, if you're outside on a Mm -hmm. bench, and just listen to your surroundings. I want you to find 15 discrete sounds. Now, for instance, for example, right now I'm sitting in a very quiet studio. This is where I do all my mixing for animations. Okay. Very quiet. However, I can name probably about 10 things that I can hear between the whining of my computer, the, co- the processor whining. Oh, yeah. I can hear the compressor on my mini fridge. I can hear the baffles of the fluorescent lights kind of vibrating a little bit with the AC okay. coming through. Every time I rock back and forth in my chair, I can hear the squeaking of the chair. There's people which really shouldn't be talking outside my studio. And (laughs) so there's that, there's birds chirping. I can hear cars driving outside. It may seem dead quiet in the studio, but there is so much. And now, now imagine being outside. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. You can think of this. It's going to be harder than you think, but to come up with 15 different sounds, but once you start getting past 10, you'll realize it, this is kind of hard. You really need to focus. And that's that's how you strengthen your brain. That's how you really hone in your talent to be a sound designer is listen to your environment. What do you hear? Wow. Oh, I that's love cool. it. That's a great challenge. This is going to be so exciting. I hope I'm going to do this, Jeff, but you probably will oh, do totally. this Oh, totally. In several different environments. Totally. Yeah, <laughs> this is going to be so great. Bob, it has been wonderful. I have learned so much about yes. sound engineering. Thank you so much for being on Solid Thank for you Kids. Thank very much, Bob. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. What a fun episode. And to delve into how they make some of those sounds why they make them the way they do, and how they include them in the movies, uh, we are absolutely taking this way too much for granted. And over the next couple of weeks, everything I watch on TV or in a movie theater, if I happen to go, I am totally going to have ears wide open. Yes. You know, it's so amazing. And then what I loved was there's so many different sounds and he was talking about how you can kind of go down a rabbit hole and spend hours doing this i could see that because i'd be like okay so that one's not exactly it no no this one no you know i mean you go over and and over but when you hear it to you it just seems like 
Well, yeah, of course that's what it was supposed to sound like, right? Right. Like, so, I mean, I give big kudos to Bob and all the other sound engineers that work on movies and cartoons and everything. What a fun and probably challenging job at times. <laughs> Agreed 100% and total appreciation for their work, even though we don't necessarily appreciate it as we're watching all the time. <laughs> right. This challenge hits all of our listeners once again. Yes. In your own environment, work, home, school, playing, time off, out for a jog, at the gym, doesn't matter what age, sit quietly for two solid minutes and listen to the sounds. <laughs> Even just that little pause was only a couple of seconds. Two solid minutes is gonna be a lot. And Jen, the first thing I think of is, I think the only time adults really do this is when we're in our car <laughs> and we hear a new weird noise. <laughs> oh yeah, is that, is that a clank? Is that, like, what is that? Right. Yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be fun. I hope everyone goes out and does this challenge, and if you do, share it with us. Tell us maybe some of the sounds that you heard, some of the sounds you thought you'd hear that maybe you didn't, or the ones that were unexpected. Tag us on our social media. We're at KidsSolve at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And again, don't forget to check out our website, SolveForKids.com, because there will be a page on our website for this episode with Bob. We'll have more information about him, and maybe we'll even have some clips or places that you can go listen to some of the sounds that Bob made. Until we talk to our next guest, <laughs> Jen and Jeff will be sitting quietly. Until next time, you won't hear us on Solve It, it for, for Kids! kids.